0: Welcome back, Rebels. Welcome back to our Best of 2020 episode. Because 2020 was such a shit show, we decided that uh, there were some good things and some of those good things were some of our episodes. Um, so we <laughs> yeah. we trawled through all of our episodes of the past year and picked out some of our favourite ones. Like, I don't know about you, man, but like the this year of doing the podcast has changed me as a human. And I think one yeah. of the things we talk about so much is that in the doing of a project things will start to happen that you just don't expect and you don't see coming if you'd said to you and me two years ago when we first started this podcast that you guys will be doing a solo episode together we we never would have pictured that i mean you were just the producer i was going to be the presenter (laughs) yeah Um, you were just going to chip in every now and then but we've we've sort of become this symbiotic where we we flow off of each other and we work really well together this co-host situation we wouldn't have seen any of that coming and just the impact that it's had on my life in terms of how I make business decisions how I make creative decisions through learnings of people that I've listened to on this podcast has been yeah. just transformational for me
1: yeah i think it's really interesting like thinking back to the start of season 2 and like where we were in the world at that time and how We got um, offered to do a a talk at a university, and they were like, because the ones we'd done previously were normally about kind of ninety minutes, like a two-hour thing max. And they said, "Oh, can you do a whole day session?" And we were like, "Oh, can we? God, that's like to speak for ten hours. Like, is a long amount of time. Can we actually do that?" And I I remember like we panicked a bit and said, "Okay, well, let's just calm down and break this all down into all the different things that we talk about." And we're like, as having post-it notes all over the desk. I've been like, okay, this is, we can talk about that for 15 minutes. We can talk about that for 15 minutes. And we had this like huge load of post-it notes by the end of it of things we could confidently talk about each of these post-it notes for 15 minutes. And we were like, if we can do that, we'll just about make it through this day. And then when the actual day happened, I think we only got through about half of our post-it notes because as you're talking and because we've now got this really good kind of dynamic between the two of us where we can throw backwards and forwards. And you remember different anecdotes that happened and I was like wow we could actually do a full second day on this and i think that was a really good confidence boost because we put ourselves hugely out of our comfort zone there like something we'd never done before in front of a crowd of paying people it's just like that's the time ta- like doesn't seem like the time to test to see if you can do something but we threw ourselves into it and it worked so so well yeah it's it's interesting that we've been business partners for 10 years but it's
0: only through throwing ourselves into this that that has really developed which is interesting because if you think how many business partners there are across the planet that that haven't done that and haven't got to that stage yeah. where they where they can back and forth and and sort of read each other like a book and i i would say that we have got to know each other so much better through doing this podcast even though we've known each other like really really well for the past 10 years so it's is, that is another crazy side effect of of the podcast that we didn't see coming
1: it's interesting actually we're talking about this now because something i'm going to talk about later with one of my favorite episodes is how when you first start a business how important it is to start working out who the other person is and I think if anyone's starting a business now like and you're with another person just do a podcast episode of each other even if the world never sees it just to be able to sit down and properly interview that other person ask all the different questions you'll find out stuff that you never knew before because like when I interviewed you the other week I found out stuff I didn't know before and I was like when I was writing questions I was like Surely I'm going to know the answer to all of these. And then start to think, actually, we've known each other for, yeah, 10, 11 years. And there's still things that I don't know. It's like when you go to someone, what what's your significant other? What's
0: their eye colour? And they'll be like, fuck. And that's the oh. person that they're in love with and that they live with every day. And they don't actually know what, what colour <laughs> their eyes are or what their favourite food is or what their favourite movie would be. We've We've spoken to so many amazing people this year. But my yeah. first pick is this will come as no surprise to you, our hero, uh, Daniel Priestley.
1: Yeah, it was so great to talk to Daniel. I remember when my, one of my friends first showed me his book like years ago now. I think it was one of the first business books that uh, I ever read all the way through that was just about business. And I was like, wow, there's so much great information in this. And then when it actually came to like sitting down and talking to him, I was like, wow, okay, this guy knows everything. We want to try and provide as much value to the audience as possible. How can we extract as much great information about this from this guy as possible in an hour? And yeah, like it's such a good episode. Yeah,
0: he's fully awesome. And I I really recommend all of his books because they are they're all amazing. And they're all uh, so many things that we talk about on this show are featured in those books. One thing that he said in his episode that really resonated with me was that someone woke up today with the thing that you want or need. So there's someone out there with a hundred thousand people um, database, or there's someone yeah. out there with cash. If you if you say oh, I can't start my business because I don't have any money, there's someone out there who has money. In the world that we live in, many of us live with this sort of scarcity mindset and worrying where our kind of and worrying where cash is going to come from. When you realize how much cash there is actually out there, and that there are people that don't know what to spend it on. Yeah. then it's just a game of finding out who those people are, getting in front of them. And maybe that's a three-year journey, maybe it's a five-year journey, but there is someone who can make your dreams come true on this planet and just finding those people. It sounds ridiculously simple when you put it like that, but I I kind of think it is that
1: simple. I think it is. and I think Daniel's really shown how simple it can be because he moved from Australia to London and the first thing he did when he moved to London was to... Like he was setting up a new business here around kind of entrepreneurship and business, and so what he did was contacted all of the biggest people in that field in the town he was moving to, city he was moving to, London, and said, "I'm holding this free event. It's going to be like free food, free drinks. We're going to have loads of great people all in your field come together. um Yeah, come along." And then all these lots of these people turned up. Kind of were at this event. Everyone got to network with each other, and then at the end of it like following that, he then chased up with every single person and built relationships with the exact people that he needed to speak to. And it's like, whatever you're doing, those people already exist and they're already out there. It's just a matter of reaching out to them and offering them some kind of value, some kind of thing that they're going to enjoy, something that's going to benefit them. And in return, you'll get to know them. And it's like, he did it within his first few weeks of being in London. So it's like for someone who's not lived in London. So if you're living in a place where you've been living for a long period of time, you know that space, you know who's here already. So get those people in the room and talk to them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And every business success that we've had has come down to a person that has given us an opportunity. Back when we very first started the business, that would be people who were perhaps a little bit nervous about giving us that opportunity because we had no track record and we managed to blag yeah. them into give us a chance. We, we won't hash this up. We promise. Um, and then we, we sort of started to build trust and, and, and sort of leverage that. I think in our, in our personal careers that have sort of really developed over the past couple of years um, you with, with photography, a lot of that's come through social media. Um, same, same with sort of my success art wise come in through social media but really when we built our business we realized that the decision makers that we wanted to hit weren't necessarily i mean obviously they're going to have an instagram account but finding yes. them just through that random let me post some content and maybe they'll find it approach wasn't really what we were looking for so we did a lot more of a daniel Priestley type of targeted um, research of going on the internet finding out who these decision makers were in these in these companies. Trying some emails, seeing if did, did that email get me a meeting with with Adidas over yeah. here? No, it didn't. So let me re rewrite it and let me try and get a meeting with Nike over here. Oh, okay. So Nike don't really deal with people like us. Let me talk to AKQA, their agency, and let me see if I can talk to someone there who's who runs the the Nike account. And yeah. just th- just through breaking down, doing that research of of who works where. Contacting those people and getting in front of them was was basically a key to our early success in business.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And like this week, I've emailed the CMO of a massive company with just like a, oh, here's a thing. I think we could work well together. Two days later, I get an email back from the person in that company who I actually need to speak to as a response. And it's like that just happened because I went and asked the person. That reminds me of when we were talking to Mike Winnet and he was like, if you've got a business and you've got LinkedIn there should be no reason why you can't find clients because everyone's job title is on there. So it's just go on there, find the people that you need to talk to. And and also, if you don't know the people you need to talk to, just ask who is the right person to talk to. It's like, no matter what it is, there's going to be like, it's just going to take a bit of research to start with to work out, okay, do I need to speak to the marketing director? Do I need to speak to the comms executive? Like there'll be someone somewhere whose job role that once you find it, you're like, okay, boom. I just need to speak to every single person in this role in every single company that I need to work in. And but before that, just ask who is the right person to speak to.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's there's someone out there that can transform your life. So you just gotta get in front of those people. And if you don't have if your work's not good enough yet, which it might not be, and that's fine because you're still learning and you're still getting better, um, that like the market will decide. And it's is one thing that Daniel talks about in the episode is is the market is harsh. The market is is doesn't love you or care about you. It's not a soft and squishy thing. The market is what the market is. And if your product is not ready yet or your service or whatever it is that you offer is not ready yet, then that'll result in a load of no's. But you've got to keep plugging away, keep improving, making incremental improvements till it gets to the stage where... People are starting to contact you for that product or service, and and the more that that happens, the less you have to to go outward. And that's that's certainly what's happening now in, with my artwork and your photography is that we're not doing any outreach for those. It's that's all inbound. That's all coming to us. Yeah. Um. I think one thing, and and I loved that that Daniel spoke about this was he spoke about finding your purpose, and I think that. So there's an event that Mike Winnett has is very to bring Mike up again, who's very famously um, disrupted several times, which is success resources, (laughs) which is kind of one of those events that we're we're sort of the the anti everything that it stands for It's one of those is basically preying on desperate people to make a quick buck. Here are all of these quote unquote entrepreneurs that are crushing it and smashing it and killing it. Yeah. And they'll pay big money to get Russell Brand or or Gary Vee in to do a keynote. And then following all of those will be all these people that might cause entrepreneurs. Daniel Priestley regularly attends events like those. And overwhelmingly, it's always... He, I've I've seen all of the reviews online of success resources and they go, oh, this person was trying to get me to buy his ebook. This person was trying to get me to sign up to their course. Yeah. And it's all hot air. There was this one guy though, Daniel Priestley who seemed to have like just genuine good energy who was who was offering something of value that really comes across when daniel talks about finding your purpose beyond money and he mentions in this episode that small problems will activate your reptile brain and you'll be scurrying around but it's actually counterintuitively it's actually the really big problems that that are the ones that actually bring us to life they're the so if we take on a huge challenge of of changing the world then those are the ones that actually will really excite you and will give you something to battle against
1: yeah that's really interesting because i'm just thinking about like projects that we've had through in the past and it, if it's a smaller project where it's just so here's a quick design brief that you turn over quite quickly go and paint a wall and it's done but it, i really like the ones where you get a really big brief come in and then we all sit together as a team and then start to really dig like dig down and try and like work out oh we could do this and then someone will have an idea and that will kind of flip into something else and it's those things where the problem yeah is bigger than just something that's simple you don't know the answer to it yet I think that's when it gets really interesting when someone comes to you and you know the answer it's like oh it's just going to take my time to do that whereas it's when something you've got to work out and learn on the go especially if you can do that with other people as well that's when the real magic happens and I feel like that's when work gets really fun
0: yeah and I for me I spoke about it at the beginning of this episode but I I really feel like a I've started to find my purpose and I, I, I wish I could go back and interview me like six years ago or or three years yeah. ago and go, so what's your purpose? And just to see what I would have said, but because it it really feels like it's, it's coming to the forefront and I would thank the podcast for, for maybe cl- more clearly showing me this future and showing me like, actually your purpose here is to help a bunch of people and actually really, really impact and, and change them lives. Like I got, I got a DM today from someone who um, said they were in tears after listening to my episode. I hope, hopefully it wasn't just tears because it was so bad. um, (laughs) I couldn't turn it off. But like like genuinely a lovely message from someone who was literally like this really touched me. And I was just like, fuck, it's just, this is just me speaking words into a microphone, but that's having an effect on people. And he was talking about how he struggles with his consistency. And he knows that he's like, he knows that only he is to blame for that. And I'm just like, fuck, if I can uh, and the other thing that came across in my episode was that people think I swear too much. So I am doing it again <laughs> because I'm getting passionate. I'm I'm really gonna try and work on that. I'm really gonna try to tone it down. So gosh, um just, <laughs> just 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 if I can unlock that in someone that they go, I am now gonna be more focused and I'm gonna stop making these I was gonna say bullshit, these baloney yeah. excuses um then then that for me is absolutely magic and that starts to make me feel like i am finding my purpose of of helping people do
1: that and that is so like ah so amazing so on, yeah on that topic i'm going to segue nicely into my first pick of the year uh, which is charlie dark um that episode was just absolutely amazing so inspiring and i think one thing that he said that really really resonated with me he runs a running crew called Dem crew and you would kind of think, well, what is a, what is the point of a running crew? You would think, surely to run. But he said, Rundum Crew is not about running. It's about the community. It's about the people and bringing people together. And it's really interesting because it's like 2020 has been a really weird year where people haven't been able to come together, haven't been able to run together. But because he's built a community and not just a running club, it's continued and it's flourished. and And it's just created such a magical thing rather than just these people run together it's like these people are connected these people are a community
0: yeah it's it's one of those questions that gets asked a lot isn't it is how did you create a community what charlie's done so well is brought together people that all have i i think and so much of it comes down to branding it's like you look at branding of rundem and it's like it it speaks to you and you go yeah this is for this person just by looking at the way that they present their social media, the way that they have their, even their logo, just everything just says like, this is the kind of attitude I'm going to have if I'm part of this collective. And yeah. it's sort of an aspirational thing of like, I look at it and I'm like, I, I have no interest in running, dude. Like, honestly, I can't imagine anything <laughs> worse. But I look at random, I'm like, I'd like to be part of that. It's like, yeah.
1: they, they
0: just, they, that's what they're so good at is just communicating that this is who this is for. And if, if that, I suppose it's what we do with the, like just the name Creative Rebels is like, it shouldn't, you shouldn't be a rebel to be creative, but people hear that. And so many times we've got, oh, I started listening to your show because it's called Creative Rebels for no other yeah, reason.
1: And they can identify with it. Yeah.
0: Straight away. They know like, oh, I'm a creative, but I'm always made to feel like a freak for being creative. So I guess I'm a rebel. And then, so yeah, okay, that's me. And Charlie's done that so well. And the, I mean, we know a couple of people that are members of, of Random crew who yeah. are some of the nicest people on the planet so that that's just yeah. that just, like it's funny isn't it when you think of the people that you know who are members of Rundem, you're just like solid gold solid gold solid gold so yeah it, it has this magic ability of of bringing together these people who are all nice people that have all got each other's back but they've also got uh like fucking cool attitude and positive outlook on life i really love that and it's something that I'm trying to do because I've never seen anyone do it in street art is I'm really trying to like focus on kindness, um, which is, is kind of a scary thing to do because you like, oh, kindness. Do you know what I mean? But, I, but fuck it. Like that's what I'm about. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to talk about. And I think that's what um, Rundem do really well without without it seem like all flowers and singy songy is like, they, like no, you've got to be kind. You've got to be fucking cool to people. You've got to be nice. And yeah. they've done it beautifully.
1: Yeah. And I think the fact that they're community focused means that the fact that you want to join them as a non-runner, just because you want to be a part of that community, because Mm -hmm. that looks like a place that you want to be a part of. And I think that's the way to think about it, isn't it? It's like, how can you create something that people want to be a part of? Ignoring all of the the extra things like the running or whatever club or whatever activity you're doing, it's you want to be part of, of that community. And I feel like that falls nicely into when you think about certain music or certain clothing it's like you're basically identifying yourself as this kind of person and if there's an event on run by one of those companies that you like there's a good chance if you go there you know there's going to be similar people to you and I think people are so in need of human connection it's like something within us that we need to have like people who are like us around us and if there's somewhere that's available that you can go where you know you can meet like-minded people that's where you're going to go hang out. Like you'll go to the certain restaurants that you go to, you go to certain pubs that you go to because the kind, because people like you are going to go to those places and you could have the chance of meeting someone else like you there because that's how you identify yourself. And I think, yeah, if you can create anything that brings people together uh, who are like-minded, you, you're onto a winner. And I think like, and when I say bringing together, I feel like that's actually in person. Like, getting them to all like at the moment it might be in a zoom hangout where people can talk together or something like that but getting people in a room where they can network and just i say network but just become friends you reminded me of the seth godin quote people like us do things like this and another thing that charlie talks about is the fact that he at one point learned to fight and he was like learning like when you're actually physically in a fighting match or whatever you call it that's that's what they call it fighting matches yeah fighting match um, but, uh, he was saying like, whilst like whilst learning to do it, they'll teach you how to like take punches and you work out. So actually if I get hit, then it won't hurt in the same way it would, unless you learn how to take them. And then he was comparing that to just people starting in business and how you need to learn how to take the punches. You need to learn how to take the nose and the kind of rejections. If you just go into it and you haven't learned how to do that, when you get hit, it's going to hurt, but it's how you respond to that which is what's going to make you successful and it was really interesting because what he was saying is the fact that if someone's in the first three years of their career which is always nice to hear three years because obviously we talk about three years really often and they're telling him about something he's doing he's a bit like oh well let me see where you are in three years time because it's like how much time are you going to invest in someone if they're still so early on in their journey and they haven't taken those punches yet because if they've made it three years through They've probably been punched quite a few times. They've had quite a few like knockdowns. And if they've survived and had the grit to push through that, that's when things get really interesting. Everyone else
0: is letting you down. If you have a plan for something and you tell people I'm planning on doing this, they probably won't believe you because everyone else has said they're going to do this thing and then they never bloody do it. And I think that that is so prevalent that we've been let down so many times by so many people that whenever someone promises big things, then it's very hard to believe them because so few people actually follow through on those promises. So if you listen to this podcast, you're probably one of those people with those big promises. And it is very frustrating when you start to say that stuff out loud to people and and they look at you with, with sort of, there's sort of this like dismissive, nature to to the way that they respond to you because and it like don't let it affect you because that that's just their default response because they're so used to everyone always talks big and never actually puts in the action to make it happen and it's that three years sticking something through taking those punches for those first three years and then still being there for the fourth and fifth year that's when you can start to it's like when we were about to start the podcast i knew that i couldn't tell anyone because I knew that most people go, oh yeah, okay, sure. And yeah, sure. And, That'll last a week. And you and me were going, it's going to be number one. But if we'd gone up yeah. to people and gone, we're doing this podcast, it's going to be number one. They'd be like, all oh, right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Cause they hear <laughs> that. Everyone hears that all day long. I'm going to do this. Yeah. This is going to be great, but no one follows through. So it's, it's cause that, cause no one likes getting punched in the face. So, yeah. and, that, and then they quit. They get that first negative thing and then they stop. I mean, if you think about the punches that we've had in the face like legit oh, through through God, those early years lit- literally as well <laughs> yeah. well well yeah let's not go down that road but <laughs> um but like but like legit we we've had people steal from us um we've had people like steal clients from us um we've had people take graffiti life t-shirts home so that they could then pose as us and go and do events and get paid for us wearing our our, our uniforms We've had um, clients that have not paid us for stuff,
1: like just so many punches. Yeah, it's mad. And it's really funny, actually, because whilst kind of like looking back over this year and like listening through to these previous episodes and he mentioned this three year thing, I've just remembered actually someone reached out to me two or three months ago asking to be a guest on the podcast and they were telling me like all these great things they had planned. They would just started this business and I was like, come back to me in three years time and show me how well you've done, and then you can come on the show. Mm. and it's funny because it's like i that was way before I even like kind of listened back to this episode, but it is true. it's like show me you can actually do it, and then i'll I'll spend my time to make make that possible
0: yeah the the power of being asked as opposed to asking is absolutely huge so if so what I've done with my artwork is like I'm not asking anyone for anything. I'm just going to keep making the work until they start asking me. And
1: because as soon as they ask you, the power is then all in your hands. Oh my God, that like links so perfectly to something that Charlie Dark said in that episode as well. Because he said, everyone's asking for people's time instead of people's attention. And it's like, if you just ask for someone, if you get someone's attention, then you can get their time. But if you try and get someone's time before you've even got their attention like nothing happens. Yeah.
0: Charlie Dark is a is a smart cookie. That's um that's really on on the head and I can't I can't really like I can't really go into that too much, but but to link it to to the guy who was emailing you, I think that's that is the the perfect way. It's like it's like, yeah, show me. Like you've got to get get my my attention. attention. Because you're Um, you're promising me all these big things, but there's no substance here. There's no actual proof. So and and if I was to receive that email, if I was to like if I was to contact someone like Tim Ferris now and he would go, okay. Well, you're you're doing great, but you're not you're not Tim Ferris level yet. Come back to me yeah. in three years. I would love that. I'd just be like, because that because is that so to good. me is like yeah. it's time to drive. prove myself. Yeah, yeah. I love I love having to prove myself. I I feel like my whole career, my whole life, like being at school, I was like having to prove myself. Like I've always felt like I'm having to prove myself, and I kind of thrive under that pressure. So. Take those knockbacks that you're inevitably going to get. Like take that in a positive way of like, even like yeah. even if they even if they're a dick to you, it's like Cindy Gallup said, "I'll fucking well show you." Like that has to be your mantra. Yeah. I'll fucking well show you. I'll fucking well show you. And then you just then you just put that into in like that drives every action that you do. I'm going to show them. I'm going to fucking show them. It might take ten years, yeah. but I will show them.
1: Yeah, be so good they can't ignore you.
0: I think that's that's one of my favorite mantras for life is is be so good they can't ignore you it's it's you're you're not relying on anyone else but yourself to get yourself to the stage and then and then all of the good things come so moving on to my second pick it is the fabulous Rebecca Seal and so good this was one of those ones where it was like I don't think I got to hardly any of my questions that I had written down because we just got lost in a chat
1: I think yeah i think we started we kind of sat down in our podcast studio god rest its soul and just started having this conversation and she was just talking about some things we were really interested in and then i think i was i'd pressed record previously and i was like let's just keep going because everything she's saying is so fascinating that we could literally talk to her for like 10 hours about it so yeah we were talking to rebecca when she was uh writing and
0: researching her book solo which is actually out now so um go and grab a copy of that but um she was actually saying that hunter-gatherers used to work for 15 hours a week and then they would spend the rest of their time being creative and socialising and being around the tribe and, and singing and making music. Just sounds like a dream, working 15 hours a week and that was it.
1: Well, I suppose we probably work 15 hours a week and we're creative and we're doing things we love the rest of the time. I think it's like if, you're list- if you heard that and you were like, oh, that sounds good, you need to fucking sort your life out like there needs to be something there where you aim as hard as you can to make sure that that's a realistic opportunity like whatever you're doing is completely possible and you just need to make it happen
0: yeah so you make the 15 hours the working on the business side of things so doing your tax return and and doing your social media and doing all of that stuff and then the
1: yeah, reaching out to people, networking, like dropping those emails, finding the people to talk to, that's your 15 hours. And then the other time is just cracking on with the creativity. Yeah. And, and so then reframing that in your brain from, from
0: being work to this is my creative time and my creative time is, is work, but let's not think about it as work. And then once your work is able to fall into that slot of being, that is your time that you are creative, then then yeah, that does
1: sound like the magic formula, doesn't it? It does sound like the the perfect human existence. Because we have such a negative thought about the word work. I feel like most people, if you said, do you like work? They would say, no, I don't like it. But if you said to them, do you enjoy doing your hobby or doing what you're passionate about? They would say yes. And actually those two things can be the same thing. It's just you associate work as being a negative when it doesn't have to be.
0: Yeah, I think I I always say I love work and I love working hard and I love hard working. But that doesn't mean that I do spreadsheets all day because then I wouldn't love yeah. working hard. I love working on what I find really fun. And there was a lot of chat in this episode about about sort of getting in touch with how you feel about work and reframing it for yourself, which I think is really important. Yeah. Uh, another thing that she touched on was her the kind of journaling and writing down what like what she wanted to do with her career and her life and her goals and everything like that um one of the things that she wrote down that really sort of resonated with me was i write books that are my idea was one of the things that she'd written down so for years she was she was creating books that were other people's ideas they were obviously written by her so they've got her unique style and everything and they were amazing and they sold well and they were her career for sort of 15 years but what she really wanted to do was write a book that was her idea and then it and then it happened. And I suppose I I related so much to that in that whilst I love everything that we've done with the graffiti life and with all over our our out of home agency, it's um it is very much like working on other people's ideas. So it has been really yeah. nice for me in my career recently to be able to work on things that are my ideas which has been really fun. So I, I I really related to that. But I thought the important lesson there was actually taking pen to paper and physically writing down these these things that we want to
1: happen so that our brain can then go to work on them. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think there's a lot of people who are lost in terms of knowing what they want to do and what their kind of route in life is. And I think by having that simple thing written down of I'm working on the things that are going to, bring me happiness basically you can make sure that every time a decision comes up in your life you go back to those things and you say is this going to go is this going to get me closer towards what I want to happen or is it not and the longer it takes you to actually work out what that is and write it down the longer it's going to be until you can actually get there so I think it is so important to take the time now to work out like what are your goals? What are the things that you want to happen in your life? What's important to you? And making sure that everything you do heads in that direction.
0: And I, I think having those having those goals, it, it just gives you clear direction. And and given that the topic that Rebecca was mostly talking to us about is is working solo, is is like yeah. creating a business on your own, having those directions is really important. Um one of the most interesting things that she mentioned about about solo working is that if that solitude is a choice then it, like you are you you will be really happy but there's there's studies that have shown that if you are in so, so if you lock a prisoner up in solitary confinement then they will be miserable there is no worse punishment than than taking people away from everyone else and and making yeah. them be on their own however she was saying that it's been proven that if it's actually a choice for you to take that solitude then you're not affected by those negative emotions, which is amazing. So I'm, as you know, a very kind of solo person. Like I need my own space. I need my own. And yeah. it, it's so lovely to know that like, that's not going to affect my mental health because it's a choice I'm making to work on my own sort of the majority of the time. I do obviously love people. I love our team. I love like checking in with everyone and all of that sort of stuff. But for the most part, like I know, I need a lot of that alone time so knowing that I can have that and it not be negatively affecting me is, is was really a good thing to learn.
1: Quite interestingly links back to what we we're talking about just before with like the work. It's like if you choose to do this as work, then you're probably going to be happier than if you didn't choose to do it. So I suppose yeah, it's all if you've made a choice, you're going to be happier because the choice is fulfilled rather than if something's been forced upon you or you're doing something you don't want to be doing, you're going to be less happy. So yeah, super interesting. This links really nicely, again, perfect segue into my next episode of choice, which is our episode we did with Squiggly Careers, which was just, yeah, those guys are amazing. And if you haven't listened to their podcast, Squiggly Careers, definitely go and give that a listen because there's a lot of really good value on there. Um, One thing that they talk about is their values. And the episode was quite heavily about values and how important it is to work out what it is that your values are. And I think this kind of follows on nicely from what we've just talked about there, because if you know what your values are, then you can make decisions based on what those are. And those values can be anything from kind of like you enjoy learning, you like variety in your life, you like routine, like there's certain things in your life that as you start to map them out, you'll be like, oh, actually, yeah, that's something that I really value. That's something that's really important to me. And again, it comes down to working out what those things are now and writing down what your values are, what's important to you, what makes you happy, all of the things. And then any decision that ever comes up in your life, does this align with my values? And if it doesn't, then maybe you shouldn't be doing that. And what what they also talked about, and I think is really interesting because they're a duo and obviously we're a duo too. So it's so interesting hearing like their dynamic of talking together and like ours. And what they did, I kind of mentioned it right at the start of this episode, is they have all their values and then now from working together they know each other's values they've told each other what's important to them and I think that's worked really really well in their relationship because they know what's important to each other like they know that they're different people and different things kind of spark them and different things they're not good at different things they're great at and it's like if you know that someone needs variety in their life and that's one of their values then you need to make sure that if you see them going in, if you're going to ask them to do something that's going to be against their values, you're putting them in a situation where they have no variety, everything's just the same, You that person is going to get frustrated. And I think this is something to do with any employers you have, family members, friends. Like if every, In the episode we talked about, if everyone walked around with their values on their t-shirt, you would instantly know who that person was and how to approach them and how to talk to them because values are just like the most important thing.
0: I was just going to say like that would make life so much easier, wouldn't it? And then I thought, well, it is pretty easy cuz you can just ask, but we never yeah. we never do that, do we? And and so I suppose there's there's a lot of value there in in sitting down and having those conversations with people. But but then I suppose that the deeper conversation is they have to know the answer and most people if you sit them down and say value. what are your values, they haven't worked it out for themselves yet. So I, I guess it's a it's a good internal exercise to do is work out what your values are but then and then you can start to communicate those to other people and and I mean I know there's a there's a lot of talk about like love languages um, which is sort of a very similar thing but sort of within yeah. a relationship of once you know oh this person responds really well to gifts or this person responds really well to compliments once you know those things i mean with our members of staff, it's like we know that certain people like praise. Will, will go a really long way. Whereas other people will yeah. be like, I don't, you don't need to tell me I'm doing a good job. That doesn't, that doesn't click onto my radar at all. And that's so, so weird to me that, that people are so different like that. But yeah. if you treat everyone, cause what, I think what we, what we default do is we treat most people how we want to be treated ourselves. But that's, yeah. that's hardly ever going to be, everyone is yeah. exactly the same as us. Yeah. But that's hardly ever going to be the right answer for everyone. You're going to meet a small, collective of people that want what you want
1: and then everyone else is going to be completely different that is such an important point because it's like anyone that you meet is different and i feel like that goes back to quite nicely when we're talking about community on the charlie dark episode it's like you'll find a good community when you probably find people who have similar values to you and by putting your values out to the world saying like this is what i care about you might get someone respond and be like that's exactly what I care about as well. And as soon as you can start to get a bunch of people who share similar values, then you, that's when a community starts to form. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I found really interesting that those guys talked about was the fact that we've all got our strengths and the fact that we should play to those strengths. And the fact that life is relatively short and you can't be the best at everything. I think that's a really important thing. It's like, and it goes back to when we talk about when you're first starting a career, you need to niche down and just do that one thing. Because they say you can't get famous at uh, loads of different stuff. Like if you think of any famous person, they're generally famous for one or two things. They're not famous for hundreds of things. They might be famous for that initial thing and then later on start to spread out into other areas. But you will know them as that that certain person.
0: I mean, this year, the Michael Jordan documentary came out and that yeah. was that was very interesting in it touched on his baseball career and obviously the guy is a just a freak of nature athlete that he was high level baseball and because he has that that relentless attitude and work ethic he was like very 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 good but he wasn't the michael jordan basketball player and yeah and and he went back to basketball and he doubled down and that was like that's where his strength lay and that's what he built his career on and it's it is really funny that there is always
1: that little blip of the baseball that that kind of it's, it's so funny that that exists that that was the yeah. thing yeah like i remember watching there. Uh, there's a documentary on alan iverson who's uh, also a basketball player and like i was one of my favorites when i was growing up and he used to play american football so when he was growing up in college like he was always like an like an American football player and was like the best kind of had like wanted to go into the NFL. And I think he'd got scouted for it or something like just obviously ridiculous talent. And then during the off season, his mum like he was out of school and his mum didn't want him in the house. So she was like, I'll go to go to basketball training and just like sent him to go and play basketball. And he ended up becoming one of like the best basketball players we've seen in the past, like 20, 30 years. And it was just for the fact that he went and tried it. Like he he never would have done that unless his mum was like, I don't want you in the house. Go, go out and play basketball. It just shows that if you're still a bit lost and you don't really know what the thing is that you're going to get insanely successful at, it can just be like going to try something that you haven't done before can change your life completely.
0: The important thing is to get good at one thing first and then you can try yeah. the other things after. It's like you and I have established careers as if you want to use the word entrepreneurs of but like creative businesses we've we've done it we've earned our chops and through trying podcasting we might have hated it after six months and given up but we happened to fall in love with it our lives are different now and will probably continue to increasingly change as this show gains momentum as it gets onto more radars and more opportunities come up especially sort of as we move out of the pandemic world um and, and that will have a huge effect on our lives. And it doesn't happen unless we press record on that first ever episode. Yeah, 100%. So I'm going to move on now to my favourite episode of the year, which was with Kelliana. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, I just think that this episode was such a, like, how to be a successful creative. I think she just nailed everything in that episode. And, and I wonder if my lockdown painting and and success would have come if we hadn't done this interview with Kalyana. Because nailing, like, really focusing down on my style and, and developing it, and I had the idea in 2018 and actually pursuing it now, I don't know if I would have done that if I hadn't had this chat with, with Kalyana, because I was doing fine before, like, painting photorealism uh, and doing my own stuff every now and then. But she was such an inspiration. And I think like we all struggle to find a style and it doesn't come overnight. And I think that's the, the thing that really came across with her is like, you can't just pick a style out of a book. You can't just go to an artist that you like and go, right, I'm going to do that. Well, you can, but I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. When you listen to Kellyanne's story and you you realise that she was a fashion designer and she was doing quick illustrations at fashion shows, and but then she was also... Uh, an illustrator and when when you just and and she was really interested in dance and when when you smash all of those elements together and then you look at her work you're like oh i see it but that only comes from her living this life
1: of experiencing all of those different things and bringing them into her artwork yeah i think that that is such an important message because everyone when they first get started there's so much pressure on you to find a style and i think it's more important to to live a life for a certain amount of time, to experience stuff, to try stuff, because that's the only way a style can happen. Like there is no shortcut to that. It is a matter of trying things, learning, developing, getting better over time, and your style might change. And I think style—that's a great thing about styles—they do change over time. But it all comes a unique style. You start to get successful when you've created you've got life experience and you've taken little bits from every single part aspect of your life you've fused it together and you've presented that to the world your style is basically a reflection of who you are and i think that's where it gets that's when you win when your style reflects exactly who you are because a lot of people who are getting started will just mimic and copy other people's styles and that's not them that's not they've not created that over years they've just gone and copied and I think copying is a great way to get started and that's that's the journey to finding that style it's working out all of the different things that you like experiencing them for a certain amount of time and then collating all of those together into you in into the artwork you put out to the world
0: and that's one of the things I love about Instagram is being able to scroll through a feed it's like if I look at your Instagram I can see in the past couple of years how much your style has changed
1: Yeah completely and it's like it's always nice to go back and see how you've evolved and I've had people message me who've been following me for years who will just out of the blue just message me and like I love watching your career evolve because it does evolve and it does always change and I think you will take little aspects from different places you go in the world and like life will throw things at you that you didn't ever expect like corona like no one ever expected that and for both of us that's completely changed our styles and it's really developed who we are And I think it is important to just take note of the things around you and think about how can I bring this into my artwork? Because that's what I've always done. I've always gone whenever we go traveling, whenever we go to museums, whenever we go anywhere, whenever I watch a film, I'll now kind of care about the cinematography and start just observing things in different ways. It's how can you extract things from your life and then add them into your artwork, add them into what it is you you're putting out to the world
0: yeah i think it's something that all creators have to work on and it and it's it just comes with time so just be patient just keep producing work it's it's i've it's something i've been saying to a lot of the dms that we've been getting on the creative rebels instagram is is just like just keep going because you've not found it yet and and like your stuff's good but it's not it's not so good that you can't be ignored yet and it's getting to that stage where like where yeah that all of the social media follows are going to come i I really do believe that the way to grow on social media is to create shareable content as soon as you make something is is good enough that someone wants to show it to someone else they want to go oh here look at this look how amazing this is that's when you've cracked it and if if that's not happening for you yet then you're just not there yet but that's fine yeah like it's part that's part of the process and I mean, we've been in our creative careers for a, for a decade each, and and everything that we've experienced has allowed us to to do that and to grow within that. So, so that's not is not something that we developed overnight.
1: It's just it's it's it takes so much time. Yeah, it's that kind of consistent practice and consistent trying new things. I think if you just sit in a, a bubble, there's a good chance that your style won't evolve. You have to put yourself out there, and I think all the people that we talk to who have got a great style who have been who are unique have just tried different things and have really put themselves out there in different ways and you see them evolve they don't just stay the same thing forever and i think that's what's exciting and i think if people did stay the same forever it would get boring too so it's like making sure that yeah you can bring all of those different things that you've tried into into your endeavor
0: i I really do strongly recommend this episode if you've if you've not listened to it um we talk a lot about kind of charging, uh, which is something that we get asked about a lot. We talk about charging clients, yeah. and knowing your worth. And one of my main takeaways was having boundaries with clients and remembering that if they've come to you for your unique style or your unique offering, then there is some power there that you do have. And. I remember years ago when we first started the business reading, I think it was probably in a business book, but I read somewhere of the power balance of from as soon as you reply to the first email, gradually the power balance starts to shift from you to the client until when you're sending the invoice, the power the power then is 100% with the client and 0% with you. And there is definitely a way, I think over the years, we've worked out the ways to to sort of redress that balance and actually maintain that power for yourself because, because i think it's important and i think most creatives just give it away they give the power away they they see that that this brand or client has the purse strings and so they're the ones in control so they get kind of quite scared of that and i think that once you develop this very very counterintuitive instinct of i can and daniel Priestley talks about it like um with or without you energy he calls it if you can develop that with or without you energy of I like I'd love to work with you that would be really really great but if we don't that's also fine and as soon yeah. as you develop that and as soon as they can feel that air of confidence that you have then you, you're in the power position and when you're in the power position that means you get to do the projects that you want to do and the projects that are going to help your career that are going to give you value they're also going to provide value to your client because they're going to get more of an authentic product so just know yourself know your boundaries know when you're being taken advantage of and don't and don't stand for it just because people have got money and it's one thing that kelly said is like sometimes you are going to have to take that paycheck if your rent is due and you're going to have to and they like they're like oh i know you do all of your work in neon pink but we want you to do it in neon blue and my rent's due. I'm gonna do it in neon blue because I've got to keep a fucking roof over my head. Sorry for swearing again, but like my but but if I don't have my rent due, I'm gonna say no. I don't make neon blue work at the moment. So
1: so that so your job is not for me. But thank you so much for thinking yeah. for me. I think one thing to think about as well is the fact that people who are earlier on in their journey might need to get punched a few times. Might need to make those mistakes to actually learn what feels right and build that confidence because we've kind of developed that now and it's kind of easy for us to go into a situation with that confidence to say like this can happen this can not because we have that level of experience knowing that this is how things feel based on how they happened before and what I don't want anyone to do is be scared of those like you've got to realize that in your career you need to get punched in the face a few times so you realize what like how to deal with that so Don't be scared to go out if you think oh I'm not sure whether to say yes to this you have to say no to it maybe just say yes to it for now because even if you come out worse off you will learn something from that and I think it's always important to take the punches a few times because that will toughen you up and that will make you more resilient like going forward yeah so so for me, it was really difficult to to nail down just
0: three episodes um but obviously we we didn't want this podcast to be six hours long <laughs> reviewing every single talk that we've done this year but um but i I really do think that Kelly Anna was my favorite episode this year so um so big shouts to to that episode if you've not listened to it, go and check it out
1: so my um favorite episode of the year was with Lindsay Adler who's a photographer who I've followed for a long time now and It was one of the ones that I did on my own. So it was kind of like a personal journey on like building that confidence at the same time as just talking to someone who just knows her shit. Like she is so on it when it comes to building a creative career. Like she basically started her first photography business when she was 15 and has kind of been in business for 20 years and she's only as old as we are, which is just just seems crazy to me. But yeah, she just had so much so much great advice in that episode. And I think one thing that really resonated with me. Is how you kind of start to build a career. And I feel like this goes quite nicely about what we were just talking about style, because she talks about how when you first get started, you will get picked for your style. As a creative, you're going to get picked because someone spots something unique about you. And that just shows how important it is to start developing your style and start to putting out things that are unique. Because if someone's there in a creative agency looking for someone to work with, They're always going to be looking for something a bit different, a bit unique, or something that's on trend. It's that aesthetic that's going to stand out to them. And so, when you're getting started, style is the most important thing. Like, find a way to stand out because as your career grows, goes on, people won't then employ you for your style. They're going to employ you because they know that you can get the job done. If they can come to you with another brief, you're going to be like, yes, I can do that. Building your style till it gets you to a level where you've got a business. And then from there, that's when you can start to grow it into a really full career because people are going to know that they can trust you to produce content and I think it's interesting looking at our businesses how our style was probably just the fact that we were painting outdoor advertising on walls like that's what was different there and it's as soon as they know that you can do that well then they start to trust you with other things and I think that's when good client relationships start to happen and a career evolves yeah, it makes me think about um, something Seth Godin talks about in his new book, which is
0: if you're a client and you want a service and you go to Fiverr, everyone on Fiverr is saying, you want something that can be done by anyone, I am anyone. And I found yeah. that really interesting. Whereas if a client comes to you, because they're not looking on Fiverr to just find the cheapest price, they're looking for specifically you for your style. Then all of a sudden, I want you. Well, that means you. I'm there's only one of me that then puts you as we spoke about like the power position that then puts you in the power position because there is only one of you so it's either they collaborate with you or or like if they if if it's not a good fit then they're not going to be able to find your style somewhere else that then puts
1: you in such a stronger position it reminds me of um i think it's something that daniel Priestley said actually about how you should always leave your clients delighted and always kind of leave people with that kind of idea of like oh that was so i really enjoyed working with them because if you've then got in there with your style You can delight them; they're going to keep coming back. And you only need so many big clients to sustain your whole career. Like you don't need to have people constantly coming and like you're like I'm going to take this one; they're going to disappear off. If you can get repeat business, that's all you need. If you have three clients who can pay you X amount of money a year, that's all you need to sustain it. So when you find those, when those people find you based on your style, delight the fuck out of them make sure that they absolutely love you because they're going to keep coming back and keep coming back because they'll enjoy working with you and when you look at big creative teams who like spielberg is an example like the pinnacle of what a director would be he works with the same people in every single film because he knows that they can get stuff done and also that team knows what he likes as well so it's just this symbiotic thing that when a like a production company is like okay we're going to make a film like we're going to get Spielberg to do it because we know he can make a great movie because we've worked with him before. We've seen what he can do. And like you look at the films that he makes, they're about all sorts of different things. Could be a a park full of dinosaurs or, or a film about a little alien that falls on earth. Like just so different. But you know you can trust that person because you've seen them and they've kind of proven it to the world. So coming down to my final point of this episode, one thing that Lindsay Adler said, and I think we've talked about it so many times in episodes since that, just about the fact that she gives away all of her knowledge because then that forces her to get better and to constantly improve. And one thing she talks about a lot is the fact that there's lots of people out there these days giving knowledge, but they don't actually have any experience. And a lot of it's just kind of like, there's nothing really to back it up. So I think it is really important, whatever you're doing is to get good at what you're doing to a stage where you can start to teach other people because I think as soon as you can start to teach other people, that means you really know it. And that means like you're becoming an expert at that thing. And another thing that she did really, really well is she wanted to become an expert at social media. She So she decided to write a book on social media when she knew nothing about it. She just interviewed people who were really, really good on social media, found out all of this information, compiled it into a book. She then knew loads about social media and has gone forward going from there. And I feel like It really resonated with me because that's so much of what we've done with this show is we've just interviewed people who are experts in the creative field. They're living a creative life, doing exactly what they want. And we're learning from these people all the time. And it's like, I feel like so much of our journey over the past two years has been because we've been in the rooms with the people that we need to find out from. So it's like, if you want to learn something, maybe set yourself the target of, having a podcast about that writing a book about it something that's going to get you in the room with absolute experts to learn from and it's something that most people wouldn't do
0: i think most people yeah. wouldn't go and and spend all of that time to write a book about something that that they don't know anything about it's like that's such a huge commitment but if you if you do make that commitment you do put that time in then you're going to get the rewards from it it's it's definitely the the ethos of this show is is has always been for us to to give 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 to the audience and we know that 1% of our listeners will end up working with us in some way they'll they'll employ us through one of our companies they'll get some artwork they'll get some photos they will um support us on patreon or they will sponsor the show in some way and that's that's enough to keep the show going but we don't like we don't ask for that it's just we just give the value we give the value we give the value and as long as we keep doing that because that's what we love to do eventually those those opportunities do come because enough people that are in the in the position to give us those opportunities are listening so and that just comes through making shareable content making a show that people actually want to listen to
1: and i feel like as well giving out all of your value like we there's nothing on this show that we don't talk about there's no secrets that we're hiding back from you there's no like yeah there's nothing in the background that we're not just like everything that we learn as we're going along will tell you exactly as it happens and that just then forces us like we need to create a show every week we need to create content so it just means that we're constantly learning we're constantly like growing as people because we're forcing everything out that we already have so that's why we continue to listen to so many audiobooks why we continue to get great guests on because we're always learning and there's always room to grow and i think it's so nice thinking like well how is the next three, five, ten years gonna look because we're gonna be in such a different place there compared to where we are now. We've already grown so much in the past two years, like it's exciting to think like we're gonna look back on ourselves now and be like, you knew nothing.
0: Yeah, it's super super exciting. This year we're we've committed to writing a book and and again, it's like we're not gonna hold back anything on the episodes and say, Oh, you've got to buy the book to find that out. This is everything consolidated down into sort of a clear guide of how we think that you can use these ideas to to gain success. But that's a it 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 will be. It's not an either or. It's like that's part of the show, and you can listen to the show, and you don't have to buy the book. We'll appreciate it yeah. if you guys do buy the book, but like you don't have to. It's it's like, and I think that's the beauty of this this current time that we're living at in is that there. Whilst there are obviously loads of people who are just out for the quick con you can find those genuine people who are just trying to help and through trying to help, they will be able to pay their own bills. Um, But like, they're not trying to exploit you. They're just trying to do a good thing in the world. And I think for me, that's the
1: best way to do business. Yeah, hundred percent. And I feel like that's why season two for me has just been such a great year. I think we've interviewed so many amazing people. It's been such a ride. Like, and I can't wait for season three. Like, it's just like another year. So that's yeah let's see where it goes.
0: Yeah, series 2 was great
1: and I am really looking forward to series 3 for sure. Boom. Well, I feel like that's time to wrap it up. So, thank you everyone who's listened over the past year. Um we love you. It's because of you guys that we keep doing this show and yeah, let's keep keep going, keep creating.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh we we do love you guys. Um thank you to everyone for for sharing um the podcast. It was it was nice to be, I'm sure you found this too. It was nice to be the guest um when we did our our own episodes because then we got that feedback that the guests normally get and we got those dms and yeah, stuff yeah, which yeah, was really yeah. lovely um so i really enjoyed that that sort of uh side of it but yeah thank you to everyone if you um share our stuff then we'll love you forever if you leave us a review on itunes if you <laughs> if you um subscribe to us on spotify then we'll be your friends forever and next week we are kicking off series three with Emma Gannon, obviously, because that's what we do every year. Um, and we've recorded the chat actually, and it was it was fabulous. And I think my favorite episode we've done with her. Uh, so that's something to look forward
1: to. So uh there we go. Yeah, and as David said just there, like sharing this podcast is the most important thing you can do. Like, if you know someone who would benefit from listening to the show, please, please share it with them because we just want to help as many people as possible, the same way we're helping you guys.
0: Thank you. Love you. See ya.